Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning. And you are with Lyle and... Mon! Good morning, Lyle. Morning, Mon. How are you this I'm morning? I'm so good this morning. I'm so, so, you so, You seem to so, be very so sparkly this morning. Oh, ha, ha, Lyle. <laughs> I just told him this story about trying on some sort of sparkly goo thing. This makeup stuff. My friend encouraged me to put you know, have, have a nice rosy red tinge to go with yeah, it? Yeah, I broke out in a rash. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, now you've told everyone. I have sensitive skin. I can't be sticking goo on me. But no, I am yeah. actually really good, Lyle. Why are you good? Yeah, this, this is so beautiful. Um, so I actually have some guests who are coming to I know why you're good. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm going away. Yeah, well, that, that too, that too. Lyle is leaving for annual leave, which we'll talk about more about in the next segment, but we're very happy about that. No, look, Lyle, I, um, I have some guests coming to stay, uh, this week, and I was in a bit of a panic because it was like a last minute thing. Uh, it was under very tragic circumstances, very sad. And, uh, I, the bed that I have for them is a mattress on the floor, which is not great because, you know, they're getting along in age and getting up and down off the floor is difficult for them. And so I was scrambling on Gumtree to find, try and find a bed. And there was actually a fellow on there giving away a bed for free. And I was like, oh, that'd be amazing. And so I contacted him and um, and he was like, yeah, you're the first person to get in touch. Um, but then it, it was a bit of an issue trying to fit the thing in my car and get it all the way from his house to my house. And the guy said, look, I'll just drop it off to you. And he drove an hour and delivered it in his trailer through the rain last night and not only gave me a free bed frame but also matching bedside tables and a matching dresser that my housemates have just snapped up because they love it. And so it was just so touching to know there's still people who are that's that amazing. good. That's incredible. That good. That is seriously yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. He like, drove an hour to drop something. Delivery. You know, it was, it, it, was it would be different if it was just down the road, you know, and it's like, you know what, it's cheaper for me. It's, it's closer for me to drop it there than it is to take it to the tip. Yeah, it would for a free item. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it would have made sense if I was paying for it, or if I even paid for the delivery. But he was like, "No, nah, don't worry about it. The whole thing's free. I'll just, I'll just drop it around to you." It was, it was such a beautiful gesture, and it's really restored my faith in Aussie humanity for a minute there. So yeah, really, really appreciative of that. What are you grateful for this? Morning, I am Lyle? grateful that I am going away. I'm getting away yes. from you, Mon. Yeah. That's my, it's the best thing ever. Oh. No. <laughs> By the way, everyone. No, I'm actually going to miss you guys. I'm going to miss all of you listeners. It's going to be really sad. This is the delayed broadcast introduction, by the way. So Lyle has actually already left. I'm on the road. He's on the road. On the road. We recorded this on Tuesday, and uh, who knows when you're listening to it. But uh, if it's if you are listening to delayed broadcast, we just want to let you know once again, like we do every morning, that you can jump across to the live show. It is easy peasy lemon squeezy. Just go to faithfm.com.au, which is our website, and press play on the live stream. Or you can download the TuneIn app, search for Faith FM Australia and listen to us there. Or give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM and ask us about how to get the live show to you. Stand up, stand up, all you dreamers, hands up, 
That was all sons and daughters with Wake Up here on Faith FM. Are you awake there, Mon? Yes, I am most certainly awake. Good. Why don't you give us a give us a clue? I think the question is, are you awake? Because you're the one who's going to try and figure out this answer. And this is the hard one yesterday that I skipped of mercy because it was Monday. But no more mercy, Lyle Southwell. Okay. Bring it on. We can do this. Not a problem. Piece of cake. This This is is (laughs) the quiz master. (laughs) I was going to say this is a who am I quiz, right? And uh, this is, I want to say, pretty hard. Well, actually, you might be able to get this pretty easy. But let me just queue up my Instagram. If you have Instagram, jump on there now and go to Faith FM Live. That's Faith FM L-I-V-E. And uh, click your finger on our profile and you will see a video pop up of us in the studio and you can actually watch back all the clues over and over again. Okay, who am I? I was told you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not a Jew. Hmm. Bit of crypticism on a Tuesday morning for you. Who was told that they were a Jew, yet doesn't live like, doesn't live like a Jew, lives like a Gentile? Give me a call if you know the answer. The number here is 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text your guesses to 0491-064-669. I have three candidates in mind. No. Did you just whittle it down or you just no, scrapped them all? Just scrapped them all. <laughs> all right. Starting again. Starting from fresh. Anyway, what have you and got for... And if you can uh, quickly tell me before Lyle can tell me, I'll give you double prizes. For good news today, Lyle, we yes. every single morning for like the past week, we've started off the show by saying, we're going to talk about what you're doing on your annual leave, and then we've forgotten as the show progressed. So today, I do have some good news, but first, tell us about this adventure you're going on with your annual leave, because people need to know that for the next, what, how many weeks you're going to be on radio with me? It's going yeah, to be I'm, awesome. just, I'm just going, I'm not sure how long, I'm just, you know. <laughs> Into the ether. I'm heading west. <laughs> you're going to walk about. We are heading west. Shell and I are heading west. Okay. Yeah, we're going to walk about. Somewhere west, in your, in and then wherever the wherever the uh, wherever the trail leads. Okay, so you go forward. Drive. Okay, so the general theory is this: the general theory is this. Um, from here to Ningen to Burke to Tibberborough to Lake Eyre, which has more water in it than it's had for the last like fifty-seven years. Um, so that'll be a one-off opportunity. Uh, from Lake Eyre up to Birdsville. Uh, from Birdsville. Um, across the Simpson Desert via the Madigan Line, which is the um, the most remote of the Simpson Desert crossings. Uh, from there through to Uluru, Ayers Rock, the Olgas, various other mountains around there, Kings Canyon, and from there, wherever the spirit leads. It's we're so just, cool. We're just going so to follow our cloud. And you go with a bunch of people. I'm just, I'm so unbelievably green around the gills right now. Wait, that means I'm sick. No, I'm just green. No, you're green with envy. That's right. Green, green, green with green, envy. Green works. Green works. <laughs> green works. I'm jelly. Oh, man. So, and ha- this is going to take like several weeks, right? All this yeah, driving. Yeah. 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 Just it takes as long as it needs to take. As she goes, she goes. Yep. Um, so, pray for us. Pray for our four-wheel drive that will all hold together and everything will work. Is it right if we like call you up every now and then? You can call, you and can you can call me whenever you want. Like while I'm on air? While you're on air, you okay, can call cool, me cool. anytime you want. I, okay, cool. Your chance. Because you just want to, because I'm not going to get through, am I? You're in the middle of the Simpson Desert. No well, I estimate, I estimate they'll have service until Saturday. Okay. And then after that, I'll have service for about three hours 
probably on the next Thursday. Mm-hmm. And after that, I might have service. <laughs> it's like no point taking your phone, is there? For about five hours on maybe a Tuesday. <laughs> Who knows? I, hope, I hope those five hours are when the live show is happening so we can call up and get a report and see how that red dust is treating you. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, 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 try, and, I'll try and call in if I get the opportunity. Yeah, good. Because I'd love to hear. I don't know about how Airs Rock and Uluru and The Simpsons. I'm a little bit concerned about The Simpsons Desert because every time I think of The Simpsons Desert, I think of the people who got stuck and died out there. Um, so is there any way that we can like could like create like a safety sort of regime where like you check in so we know that you made it? I'll check in from Birdsville. How about that? Is that after the Simpsons? That's before. It? Can you do it after? And then I'll check in wherever we come out at the other side. I can't remember okay. where we end up. Are you letting the authorities know? No. Dude. I of course we are. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I tell the authorities where I am? I'm, like, I'm escaping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, no, not going to gonna know. We actually have to. We had to, uh, we had to pre-book it all like um, you know, three weeks ago or something. Rather. You've got to get your permits and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Because so. if, you, if, you like, if it's been like a day... Beyond when you're supposed to turn up after the Simpson Desert, I hope they go looking and for the you. And deserts, the deserts pass for South Australia because we'll be down at Lake Eyre. Mm. I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be amazing. We are planning a baptism in Lake Eyre. Oh, that's cool. Yes. Now, I want to, I want to hear this because I think this might be a first and hopefully a – well, maybe not hopefully. Maybe we'll have a make an appeal and baptize a bunch of people there. But it may be a first and a last and a one-off and an only time that anyone has ever been baptized in Lake Eyre. Because when does Lake Eyre ever have water in it? That's incredible. Who's getting baptized? Praise the Lord. Um, yes, a young lady who is a part of our team. Yeah, Love it. Yeah. And uh, she was planning to get baptized and, and uh, we suggested, you know what? We're going to be at Lake Eyre and Lake Eyre is going to have water in it. So it's crazy. You never know. <laughs> All right. Well, please stay safe because, quite frankly, I'm it might be Dalhousie Springs might be warmer, but that's true. I'm it's not about 38 degrees in the water there. How big is your, your How big is your travelling team? Um, I'm not really sure. There's three vehicles. Okay. Okay. That I know of. There could be more that randomly turn up. Well, please. There's, a, there's a few that are sort of randomly ter- talking about randomly turning up. So. I'm, I might, I might randomly tell. Lawson sure. can do radio by himself. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, Lawson, yeah. Lawson can have it. <laughs> Lawson will be loving that. Well, <laughs> let's all keep Lyle and the team in prayer as they go on their epic four-wheel drive adventure all through Australia. And, uh, yeah, please uh, stay safe, Lyle and uh, family and crew, because, quite frankly, I'm not going to come to the Simpson Desert to come find you and rescue you, all right? Yes, you Just, are. No, I'm not. You will. No, I'm not. You'll do it. I know you will. Okay, fine. You, you can see. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I love your wife so much. Um, <laughs> Lyle, some really cool news. <laughs> Speaking of all dry, sandy desert, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. A massive group of eco-friendly scuba divers have just set a new Guinness World Record for the largest underwater cleanup. Whoa. This is very cool. So over 635 divers donned their wetsuits and masks um, this last week at the Deerfield Beach International Fishing Pier in Florida so they could pick out all the fishing gear and plastic waste from the ocean floor. Guess how much trash they collected. How many How many of these guys was there? Like 635. Oh, I have no idea. That would be a few tons, I'm sure, that they could pick out. Okay, so of – let me have a quick look. There's two different numbers here. So in trash, they got 737 kilos – and in fishing line alone, 30 kilos. 30 kilo- kilograms of, of fishing, fishing line. line. A fishing line weighs uh, nothing. I know. How many kilometers is that? That's, I'd say a 
whole heap of this stuff. Because the Scud guys up in the Malulabar River, whatever it is, um, up on the Sunshine Coast, um, they've collected 24 kilometres. Whoa. I wonder how much that weighed. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think 24 kilometres of you, you would, as much. No, you wouldn't think it would weigh much. Nah. A couple of kilos? Yeah, no, nah, it wouldn't be much at all. I mean, if you think about it, like when you get like a fishing reel, like how many kilometres are on there already? It's quite, it's quite a bit. Yeah, I don't know about kilometres, but, you know, there's... Yeah, okay. it yeah. can't weigh much. Yeah, not not much at all. But this is really great. This is... Uh, it's th- fantastic. I think there needs to be more of it. Yeah, so this was actually orchestrated I by... I think we should get the Scud guys on sometime to talk about it. Oh, I think so too. And I think more diving groups around the world should organise this because um, this was uh, this was actually just organised by a group of female divers, a women's club uh, called the Dixie Divers, and they decided, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna organise this and set a world record. The largest uh, underwater cleanup previous to this was actually held in Egypt uh, in back in 2015 with 614 divers. Um, but they said, you know what, it's not really about setting Guinness World Records. It's about you know tidying up the ocean and doing their part, especially because these people have the qualification. Well, you know they have a qualification in scuba diving, mm-hmm. and so they have they, a, they have a unique ability to do something that um, other people can't. So, um, yeah, they're out there. They're getting around this pier. It's a famous Florida pier. You've all seen this one in pictures without probably without realizing it. Um, I cannot believe that looking at pictures of the Florida pier, that all that trash would have been underneath that surface. And this is the thing about the ocean. Like when you look out over it, it just looks. It's so just a sandy beach. No, this is the pier I'm showing yeah, you. It's the pier, but there's yeah. just a sandy. It's, it's like hundreds and hundreds of divers on there. But it's the one that you see in the pictures when they show you pictures of Florida. Wait, 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 wait. How many kilometers of coastline did they clean up or did they just clean up around the pier just around the pier that's the you have got thing. to be joking no just around the pier just around the pier almost a ton of trash and and uh and what was it like yeah um 20 30 kilos of i, I was imagining you know no, stretched out over no. 30 kilometers of coastline no this is just around the pier one just pier. around the pier 635 divers around one pier and that's what they pulled out wow amazing. yeah someone in australia needs to get onto this if you're a diver here's an idea for you my father's world to my listening ears all nature sings and round me rings the music of the spheres this is my father me in the thought of rocks, of trees, of skies and seas, his hand the wonders wrought. This is my father's world. Oh, and let me never forget That though the wrong seems often so strong God is the ruler, yeah This is my father's word Yeah. 
That was Jaden Levick with My Father's World here on Faith FM. Mon, give us another clue. Yes, I love giving clues when Lyle's so stumped. Give us a call if you know the answer, and if you give me the answer before Lyle gives it to me, I'll give you a double prize. I know what testament it is. It's in whatever. It's in the New Testament. Uh, who am I? I said, "May your money perish with you, because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money." Mm. Mm. Strong words coming from this person. Uh, Lyle has it correct. He's just written down the right answer for me. But give me a call. 1-800-324-843 and I will send you the prize if you can tell me what the answer is. All right. Okay. So, uh, yes, <clears throat> this is a story that sort of really jumped out to me, Mon. And, um, yeah, I've got to show you some pictures here in a minute and sort of build a word picture and describe them. But uh, some months ago, there was a man by the name of Brenton Smart um, driving his truck around Adelaide. And he noticed a homeless guy on the outskirts of Adelaide uh, pushing a trolley. Mm-hmm. And we've, I think we've all seen you know, homeless guys pushing a trolley. This guy had a homemade trolley, um, so it was a little bit different from your average one. But he just looked like really super sad. And it was, and it was like, well, why is he so far out? You know, because most homeless people are sort of in more the in the city, city and it was yeah. a long way from anywhere. And so it just sort of stuck in his head and he was driving his truck. And at the end of the day, as he was still driving his truck, he passed the same guy again with his dog, guy and his dog, mm-hmm. uh, just walking along the road. Um, pushing, pushing his, pushing his trolley, uh, doing his thing, and so he stopped to see if the guy needed some help, and um, had a bit of a had a bit of a conversation, had a bit of a chat with the guy, snapped a photo that went viral, and it, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really tragic photo, and it's a tragic story that that is behind it, and what had happened is that, um, and I'll just show you this photo here, Mon. Um, Here's this guy with his with his with his trolley and his dog, um, his his best mate, um, and you know afterwards he he realised he hadn't even got the guy's name. Oh, okay. Yeah. But what had happened? There's a bit of background to this story. You see, um, this man is um, Paul Murcott, and some months back he had lost his daughter Shona um, to suicide. She was 31 years old. Mm. Um, she had lost a, uh, she had four children. She'd lost a custody battle with the children and she, she just ended her life and it just, it just, it just ripped his guts out. It was just, it threw him into uh, shock and grief, just unimaginable grief. And his head was in a really, really bad place. And he, he recognized that he, he just needed to do something about his, where his head was at because he was having really dark thoughts. And so, um, really didn't have a whole lot of resources and so he decided to go to Adelaide to um, to petition for you know better support better funding etc etc for people suffering with mental illness because his daughter had been suffering with with mental illness 
And so, yeah, he snapped this trolley. He, he, he put this trolley together, banged it together with um, some leftover bits and pieces that he could find around the place. And obviously, he's a uh, a guy who's pretty pretty handy kind of guy. And uh, scooped up his um, his best mate RJ the dog, mm-hmm. and decided to go to Canberra. On so foot? far, so far, four months in, and he's uh, he's now four hundred kilometers down the track. He's walking to Canberra. He's walking to Canberra. He and his dog, they're walking to Canberra. Wow. And he said, you know, this is the, one of the best things that he could have done for his own mental health, uh, but he's walking to Canberra to petition the government for better support for people suffering from mental health, and it's like, what else can I do? You know, I've, I've reached a, a, a stage of my life where, you know, I can't, you know, so it's retirement age, so he can't. He's not really got opportunity to you know contribute in other meaningful ways, and didn't really have other means, so to speak, of, hey, of getting to Canberra. If you can't, so he's like, a, you know what? I'm just going to walk. If you can't start a revolution, just go on a pilgrimage. Can do the yeah. same thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, really quite uh, uh, amazing. And of course, his dog. I think his dog is probably. Um, you know, having the best adventure of any yeah. dog could ever have. I think if I went to my dog and, and said, hey, do you want to walk to Canberra? <laughs> and my dog could actually understand <laughs> like, what that meant. He'd be like, yes, this is the greatest. <laughs> I get to walk every day, all day. Yeah, walkies forever. <laughs> walkies forever. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's, that's him and his dog right there, and he's, he's got the big beard, and he's been getting a lot of help along the way. People stop and ask him how he's doing, and they find out what he's doing, and they give him some help, and a bunch of people have... Um, you know, done some things to improve his his cart that he's he's pushing his little wagon thing there, and uh, you know they weld bit some pieces onto it and make repairs for him, and um and and he he's just yeah he's a, he's a third of the way there now, and he's just That's keep true. keep walking. It's amazing and yet tragic, and I and I really hope that the politicians or whoever it is that has the power to make the changes that he's looking for actually sits up and takes notice. Yeah, somebody's made up a sign for the sign of his tro- for the side of his trolley. It says a a trek for Shonamai, rest in peace. Um, mental health awareness, um, and uh, you know, heading off to Canberra there. And so, yeah, if you see this guy on the side of the road, you see yeah, him walking pull along, over. pull over, stop, give him support, to give him some encouragement, and, and actually take some photos and put them on yeah. social media because that's that's yep. a power that we have is uh, is to share, like and share, like and share, like and share. We and often, I really hope this guy hits international news because that's a really big thing to do. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And it needs to it needs to go more more viral than what it has because you know when it first started out, mm-hmm. and the first photo went out when he was just sort of on the outskirts of Adelaide, and uh, and that first photo went viral. You know there was no sign on the side of his of his trolley or anything like that. It was just it was just a guy and his dog walking down the road pushing a trolley. Yeah, that's all it was. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and now it's become something and, you know, we need to remember the people in our community that are suffering with mental illness. This is a massive, massive problem and I think that this is somebody who is responding to tragedy in a really, really tremendous way. He's he's doing something very proactive about it and, uh, yeah, let's, let's give him all the support we can. Yeah, and I like that he, you know, he recognised that this was going to be good for his own mental health as well. You know, which it is to get exercise, sunshine, fresh air, you know, time to think about stuff as well. Yeah, well, homeless people tend to get a lot of uh, <laughs> sunshine and fresh air, but uh, um, yeah. So hopefully the uh, hopefully the weather will be fine for him, or someone gives an umbrella. Yes. Yeah. Um, as he uh, as he makes his trek. 
Anyway, um, in other news from around the world, the Supreme Court has just uh, sent um, the, the the wedding cake the, the cake wars continue. Oh yes, in the in the US and the Oregon um, cake shop because we had Colorado cake shop Man, that went to the Supreme there, Court. I got really excited when you said cake, and then I realised what you're talking about, and I'm like, oh, this cake thing. wars, yep. yeah, yeah, <laughs> cake wars in the United States. Um, and so, of course, uh, last year, Colorado uh, cake baker Jack Phillips won his case in the Supreme Court in the United States, um, giving him the right not to bake a cake for a same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and a similar case has come up in Oregon, which the Supreme Court has sent back to Oregon um, of course, the uh, cake shop there was fined one hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars and put out of business for refusing to bake a uh, a cake that communicated a same-sex marriage message. I just I don't understand, like as a human being, whether you're whatever sexual orientation you claim, how can you feel good about sending another person bankrupt and taking their livelihood away? I just think that's absolutely disgraceful because they don't agree with you. Yeah, why don't why not just let um, capitalism do its thing? Yeah, you know, there's a thing called capitalism, and capitalism is not racist. Capitalism is not sexist. Capitalism ignores your gender or gender identity or um, sexual orientation. Capitalism ignores all of that. Just let capitalism do its thing. I just I, I don't like you know, revenge, you, and this feels like revenge. And I just do you know what? <coughs> that there's a whole there's a whole you know a whole string of people that would have been deeply affected by this. You know, just just not just the baker, but his family. You know, her oh, yeah. family just and, and and the couple on the other side. You yeah. know, they've got years and years and years of court battles. Do they really think it was worthwhile now? You know, to put themselves through that. Mm-hmm. You know, was this a good thing for their relationship? Has it strengthened their relationship? I don't think so. No, because like, I don't think it's. I don't think this has been beneficial for anybody. They could have walked out of that cake shop, walked into the next cake shop next door or down the street or whatever. Yeah, and nobody would have batted an eyelid. Capitalism would have done its thing. They could have even said, "Hey, I don't like that shop down the road there. They wouldn't make a cake for could us." Posted about it on Facebook. Yeah, post about it. Do whatever you want. You know, yeah. there's lots of things that you can do without taking it to court. Instead, and making a, it a big large deal. part of their relationship is now about destroying someone else and getting revenge. And how it like that's just not a healthy environment for any relationship. Is not. But the Supreme Court has. We thought it would have been put to bed with the Jack Phillips case. No, that was a uh, was found was decided on narrow grounds that we knew unique to Jack Phillips, and so they've sent this one back to Oregon. Supreme Court doesn't want to touch it. It's too hot. For, too hot, the cake's too hot for them um, to uh, to reconsider. So yeah, watch this space. sent his son they called him Jesus he came to love heal and forgive he lived and died to buy my pardon an empty grave is there to prove my saviour
Was Anna Leiden with is he lives here on Faith FM? Mon, give us another clue for that quiz. What have you got for us? Okay, so who am I? Clue number three. Mutre says I was the main speaker of Pentecost. Okay, who was the main speaker of Pentecost? If you know the answer to that question, one eight hundred three two four eight four three is our number. Or you can text us on 0491-064-669. Well, joining us in the studio this morning is Cullen. Cullen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Why don't you have a go at pronouncing his last name, Lyle? <laughs> <laughs> well, it can't be that hard. Oh, is it Bota, Bota? Bota. Bota. Yeah, Bota. I was like wait, really just hanging out to hear Lyle butcher his surname. <laughs> and then, of course, he ducked and weaved. Just to weaved. avoid <laughs> it. Okay, so, so, so I've got a question. I, I, I typed in your last name into Wikipedia. All right. And it came up with 42 celebrities that have that name that are on Wikipedia. 
and every single one of them is from South Africa. <laughs> yeah, so I want to I want to know are you are you are you um, are you related to the famous general? No. Oh, you're not. No. I'm my own celebrity. You, oh, your own. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so let me work. Let, okay, so let me work through the, uh, the, the the other ones here. There's, no, we won't work through them. There's 42 of them. You must be related to somebody famous somewhere. Probably, but I don't know. So yeah, ha- no how do you spell your surname? B o t h a. Uh huh. But you just pronounce it like. Botha. Yeah. So, but then you pronounce it Boeta. 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 It sounds like you snuck in a couple of extra consonants there in the pronunciation. Yeah, I guess, but that's just how it is. <laughs> it just needs an E in it, I think. You put an E in it after the O. It sounds like, like an R in it. Maybe it's like an E and an R. It sounds like B-O-E-R-T-H-A. Okay. But uh, anyway, take out the, the, the long and the short of it is every single one of these celebrities is South African. Uh-huh. And so I have come to the conclusion that Colin... Must come from South Africa. <gasps> You're from South Africa. <laughs> yes. Not that you can't hardly tell from the accent. <laughs> <laughs> whereabouts? Where? Whereabouts in South Africa do you well, come from? Well, they're around in the Khartoum province. Okay. Yeah, there it's a little Joburg. Uh huh. Johannesburg, a little well. city called Springs. Okay. Oh, yeah. Springs. That's cute. Yeah. Not Alice Springs. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just Springs. Just Springs. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, what are you doing in Australia? Well, Australia came over here to do a rise. And now I'm doing a rise for life. Okay, so for those of you who don't know what a rise is, and we have we, we regularly talk about a rise here on Faith FM, but uh, Carlin, just give us a uh, a brief rundown of what a rise is, just for um, somebody who might be tuning in for the first time. Okay, well, a rise is basically a Bible working school where you have three months between you and God, where you will study the Bible, the whole story of the Bible, with great speakers like David Ashrick, Ty Gibson, James Rafferty. Matt Power, Boris, I don't know. And um, yeah, then you learn about the Bible and then also you get to test yourself on door to door going out and trying to spread the word and winning lives with Jesus. And it's all just reconnecting yourself with people around you, all focused on the same goal and uh, trying to like, you know, have the relationship with God again. Mm. So. Fantastic. Awesome. Okay, so you've come from, uh, from South Africa. You've obviously uh, Grown up in South. Have you ever? Have you been in other parts of the world as well? Or is, no? This is, oh, this is your first time oh, overseas. Wow. My first time overseas. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> Good Everything choice. will be downhill from here on. <laughs> yeah, we have set the bar way high. <laughs> no, I'm feeling good about this country. So yeah. nice. Did you grow up in a Christian home? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I grew, grew up Adventist, but um, okay. through till uh, you know, loved Jesus, got baptized at a really young age, around ten and a half, eleven, and uh, that was before puberty hit. And uh, a lot of other issues that came along the way, and I uh, left the church in my heart and mind. I could still go from time to time, but I was still wasn't in the church in myself. So How old were you when you stopped going to church? Uh, around uh, 15. So I was around 15. Mm-hmm. And um, still go to like youth functions now and then, but in my heart, like I just wasn't there and didn't want to be there. And your parents, where were, you, where, where were your parents at? So I actually grew up in a sort of a broken home. I've lived with my grandparents my whole life, with my mother and my sister. And uh, when I was four, my father left the home and uh, grew up like that. And through the divorce, it was uh, it took 10 years to happen because he didn't want to pay for it. And um, when I was four, and I still hadn't seen him, I never saw him, so... Last year actually was the first year I saw him in 15 years because I had to sue him. Mm. So I took my father on because he wouldn't want to pay maintenance or my school fees. So also because I had 
to work and pay off my own school fees while during doing school. So, yeah, did, that's pretty tough. Did having that kind of a family life affect your spiritual life? Uh, in a sense, because growing up in the church, uh, also my family name is a very Sevy name. Uh, very strong <laughs> Sevi name. The There's lots of Sevis out there with with Adventists with the the last name Both. No, so my that's my father's side, but my grandfather's side of the family and my grandmother's side of the family is very large in the church. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like expectations growing oh, up yeah. in the church, yeah, and mm-hmm. then um, yeah, so it wasn't such a great thing to have, but going away from the church is also a sense of. When you're growing up in the church, it's more of a thing you have to do and not a, a, your choice of yourself. So when I was around 14, like I found out my father had another family. But uh, in a sense, so it was like he never saw me or took care of me, so that hit me hard. And then... Um, you never knew about this other family until... I was 14, what, yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, when I got to grade 8, 14 years old, then went into high school, you know, really hating the world. Because when I grew up, my uh, family looked at me as my father because I look a lot like him. So they would all look at me like him and treat me like I was him. So it was a very difficult thing, especially for my mom and my grandfather, which is my mom's father. And uh, because I was physically, mentally abused when I was young by him. And um, but as I grew up, it was got difficult, got more difficult. So that was another thing that added to it all. And then I just grew angry towards God and um, just not just the whole faith basis and what it was all about. And that's why when I was 15 and I went into grade nine, I was just done with it all. And I went into hurting myself, basically. Yeah. So yeah, I went into the whole thing about like, you know, the partying, the girls, the drinking, drugs. Yeah, I went into that kind of a phase. You mentioned that you didn't. You, you lost contact with your father. You didn't even know that he had another family yeah. until you were 14 years old. Um, did he live a long way away? No, he actually lived 20 minutes away, but he just <gasps> decided never to come around. Yeah, that's that's gonna hurt even more. Yeah. yeah. Um, did yeah? So he abused you. Did did he abuse his his um, his new family as well? Is that just a? No, no, no. He didn't do. He didn't do that. So basically, it was almost like a perfect life there. And then we were like, and also the other thing, because my family is so well known in the church, back home in South Africa, um, you'd badmouth us and you know, belittle my mother and make up rumors that weren't true. Just, yeah. Do you have brothers and sisters? Yes, I have an older sister, mm-hmm. Jordan. And how did she handle it? Um, well, for me, I handled it a lot easier. Like I sh- uh, showed my, like letting it out by talking about it and like, you know, just you know, we're hating him in a sense, but my sister kept it in and hid it. And whenever she was around her friends and saw them with her dad, it hurt her a lot. But she's always never been able to face it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you? How, how did this all change for you? So when it all started changing, when I was going through that phase with all the the worldly things, I got to a point where I still needed God. And you know, in our church, we we need something for the youth in a sense, and. There's a new pastor that's actually come over here to Australia that's working in Kingscliff Church up there in the Gold Coast with David Ashwick. His name's Quentin Betridge. And he started this ministry with the youth and he called it PM Church. Just on Sabbath afternoon church, basically 4 p.m. So he just called it PM Church. And through that, we had a 15-minute 
of singing, 15-minute sermon that he'd give, and then a 15-minute discussion based on that sermon. And then we would have special panels based on the, the things our church isn't really comfortable talking about, like, you know, the gay marriages and all sex or, you know, um, drinking and alcohol, drugs, all that kind of things. And just like having a panel where people studied about it and then discussing and then we were able to listen and see what Scripture said about it for itself. And then also just being in the right environment then. So I was still in the world during that time when I was 16 to about 18, 19. And um, so this ministry kept it going and then I eventually got involved with the music and um, that also helped me. And then through the older friends there, being like older brothers is a good example to me. It started, I got to a point where I didn't want to do it anymore. And uh, through that ministry, that's what I, I got saved. So God used Quentin Betridge and PM Church and friends around me to save me. Okay, so this guy, Quentin, yeah. he's brought you back to God. You've come here to Australia. Yes. You're going to rise to Kingscliff Church. And then he turns up at Kingscliff Church as well? Yeah. So, <laughs> How in bizarre a sense, is that? That's also another testimony for him to tell. But in a sense, um, he was praying for a specific ministry where like the logo was about they were always ready. They people were ready to get to, you know, to do things. And that was his personal prayer to God and where to be sent. Because eventually PM Church closed because the conference didn't want to help it out. So eventually he was running three churches of his own. Then he was just engaged, getting married, and then it was um, himself with PM Church. And it just was too much. So we decided as a group, let's end on a good note, and that was it. Mm-hmm. But uh, Having come back to God, how do you feel about your father now? So interesting story. So obviously going through to Arise, Quentin's w- um, wife, her brother, so Quentin's brother-in-law, is a good friend of mine, named, his name's Braden, and he did Arise last year. And I was still thinking, what am I going to do, what am I going to do, what am I going to do? And um, ended up doing a rise. And through a rise, I was still, you could um, ask my friend Emerson, your son actually. <laughs> it was a big struggle for me. They were always telling me, oh, you've got to try and move on, you've got to try and forgive. And, you know, just like not have the hate in your heart. But I was like, oh, what do you know? It's not like that. So in my brain, this is how I saw forgiveness. I saw it as God, for us to be forgiven, we have to go to God and confess our sins and have a genuine, you know, like personal forgiveness, you know, confession. But I didn't think that um, in my own, how it was affecting me. And I got to the point throughout Arise, I still struggle with that. Um, Arise changed me for the good, for sure. Got rebaptized, and I'm just going for Jesus. But also th- during the break now, during Arise for Life, we had a three minute break, a three week break. And during that break, it was on my mind constantly, constantly. And I came to the chat, uh, Matthew 5, verse 43 to 48 where it calls about how to love your enemies. And it was talking about how even the sun rises on the wicked and even the rain falls on the wicked just as it does to the righteous. And it, it came to my, and I also had a friend around me at that time, um, Maddie Penman, Madison Penman, and um, she was telling me how she was able to move on with her, her life. And I got to a point where just actually two weeks ago, um, we were on the train coming back from Sydney with a bunch of friends and I went to one of the quieter carriages and I sat down I thought it's time I needed to be and I called, I called him up his wife actually answered at first very surprised that it was me and gave her the phone to him and I told him how I actually got straight to the point I just told him listen I forgive you I don't condone what you've done but I just feel like I need to move on so I can have my like clear clearness of mind and 
not have a hard time of moving on and just able to live my own life and not having the past effect mm-hmm. or holding any grudges. Mm-hmm. And he actually was super appreciative of that. He couldn't stop saying sorry. Eventually, he just said sorry about all the pain and um, hardship he had caused me and hurt throughout the years and asked for forgiveness. And I told him I forgive him. And yeah, so I told him that, um, well, I'm not saying that we have to have a relationship now. I'm just moving on with my life. But um, if you want to have a relationship, that's up to you. Like I've always been there, but you haven't. So that's up to you. But I just need to let you know that I forgive you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've been through the experience of both forgiving your father and suing your father. Yeah. Which would which one was more beneficial? Forgiving. 100%. Even though the suing would have uh, given financial benefit? Oh, yes, it did. It still does. So, <laughs> in a sense, but um, what we did there for him is just like at first it was a big closure for me on sorting out in a sense and for my family because I was affected. But with um, forgiving, he was able to for myself to move on, mm-hmm. not for my, the rest of my family to move on. If you had your time over again, would you still sue? Yes. Yep. Justice is justice, justice is justice. Yeah, yeah. Forgiving someone doesn't necessarily don't hold them accountable. No, absolutely not at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think your story has been a great testimony. We think we really appreciate it, and it just reminds me of the Bible verse from Psalms twenty-seven, ten. For those who are listening, you know, the Bible promises that when my father and my my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up and care for me. So, if anyone out there is experiencing, you know, a similar story of. Um, abandonment from a parent, uh, you know, turn to God, turn to your Bible, um, just like our wonderful guest here this morning did. And, uh, yeah, and, and throw your cares upon God, and he will certainly uh, take you up and sort your life out. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Cullen. We're going to Thank move you on. This me. is uh, Lauren Daigle with Trust in You. We'll be back after the 8 o'clock news. Thanks. Letting go of every single dream I lay each one down at your feet Every moment of my wandering Never changes what you see I've tried to win this war, I confess My hands are weary
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Have you ever been challenged by evolution? Ever struggled to give a reasoned answer for your faith? Or ever felt overwhelmed by the predominance of belief in evolution? Then you need to be at the 2019 Faith and Science Conference. 13 top-level scientists and professors from around the world will be presenting on the most astounding discoveries, completely refuting the theory of evolution. July 16 to 19, Avondale College, Kurumbong, New South Wales. For details, call us now on 1-800-324-843. Moses was just a baby boy When his mama put him in her boat And the river took him all He met a pretty princess It wasn't enough Till I heard a voice from a burning bush Saying, tell old Pharaoh to let my people go free David was just a shepherd boy When the prophet said he would be king Even though he was the youngest son He heard about a giant Went to see the king Grabbed a bag of petals and he sung his sling And the rock of ages brought the mighty giant to his knees Well, you made special about him Until they let the Holy Spirit in And with a mighty hand they took their stand Well, everybody else is making cheap talk it's not the size of the man that matters All that matters is the size of the rock Have you heard about the baby king? Heard those herald angels sing He was the father's only son Taught us about heaven Nailed him to the tree, but in three days it was alive and free because the heart of the rock was mightier than the stone. So the next time you feel insignificant when you're standing next to one of those men, like there was nothing special about you, just let the Holy Spirit in. Hand, you'll take your stand while everybody else is making cheap talk. It's not the size of the man that matters. All that matters is the size of the rock. Mighty hand, take your stand. Listen to me, brother, because I'm talking to you. All that matters is the size of the rock.